I'm Richard van der Skeef and I'm a director at STBB in Gauteng. And on my right we have Anastasia Haji-Pavlo who's a director at STBB in our Ilovo office. Um, we also have Yvonne Fouillon who's a home loan finance specialist at Uber Home Loans. And of course we have Jenny Ruschen who is from Better Bond and she's the national development manager. So this morning ladies we're going to be talking about all things home loans and bonds. Um, so diving straight into it. Um, Please, Jenny, Yvonne, tell us what are the benefits of using a mortgage originator in our industry? Uh, Yvonne, you first. So the, the role of the mortgage originator is to handhold with the buyer, to prepare them for the process and to ultimately shop around at all the lenders to see where they can get the customer the best deal. So very similarly as you've shopped around for property, you would shop around for a home loan. So you'd want to discuss with each bank what kind of home loan one could get and what the best terms and conditions one can get and negotiate amongst them to get to the best possible outcome. Okay, Jenny? It's first of all great to be here. Looking forward to having this convo this morning. Uh, so, quite simply, as Yvonne said, the value of the mortgage originator is really ensuring that we secure the best possible home loan deal for the consumer. And that is about terms of the loan, loan to value, interest rate, etc. So we have an analogy in our business that if you were booking a flight tomorrow, you would immediately go onto multiple websites to get the best price. Good, yeah. So our own analogy with purchasing a home is, why would you not shop around yeah. for the best possible deal when you're probably investing in one of the most expensive assets that you'll ever do in your lifetime? So, so just following on with that, uh, you mentioned there's a, there's a number of benefits. What in, in your opinion is, is the most important benefit? Is it the loan to value ratio? It is, is it the reduction in the, the interest rate? Is it just getting a home loan first and foremost? What, what do you think stands out? Or is it that all carry the equal weight? I think it's an entire package that you have to do. If that uh, offer to purchase and the clients uh, purchasing their home is subject to a mortgage loan, obviously it's critical to get the mortgage yeah. loan. But it's most important to make sure that their terms are right for that client. And whether that speaks to deposit requirements or loan to values or interest rate, I think it's an entire package that we have to get right for that consumer. Okay, so there's so, no one size fits all? No. Okay. So for me, I absolutely think it's critical that you're consulting with a specialist. So very often each consumer's situation is different. So it's, if it's not a vanilla applicant type, you're going to need to handhold with a specialist. So there's more than getting the level of lend that you need at the right rate, at the right term. It's that process to get to that point, ensuring that the customer's application is presented in a way that will result in a good term and a good rate and a good loan value. So for me, the fundamental role of a mortgage originator is that we are the, the specialists of home loans. Yeah. So we are the ones who have that knowledge across eight, nine, ten banks that you can one-stop shop and you can get all that information and we can place the home loan where you would A, be successful and B, obtain the best rate and the best terms and conditions. Great. Thanks. And, and tell me, ladies, what, is, what are you finding out in the market trend currently being 2020, beginning of 2020? Um, we've got a lot happening globally, um, a lot happening uh, locally. How is that impacting the, the current market trends in South Africa? Yes, I mean, the year of 2020, as we're all calling it at <laughs> yeah. the moment. Um, so we still continue to see positive market trends. Um, I think there, there are some challenges in this market. I think we'd be foolish if we didn't deny that there are challenges in certain aspects. But we don't see that on our year-to-date stats. We don't see that on how business is up. Um, there's some interesting trends that come through. Your first-time home buyer market is stronger than ever. We still continue to see that market growing. What, what percentage of, of, your, of your clients are first-time buyers? 
Yeah, our last average that we had over 40% of those are first-time home buyers. Average age is about ranging 34 to 36, and kind of average purchase price in that is anywhere between about 1.2 to 1.5, 1.6 in that range, where we see there's a lot of activity in the market. Is, is sort of, and where the units are turning over, is your purchase prices of three million and under, yes, yes. is where we see that activity. Yes. What I find interesting is really strong is a dominance of single women buying at the moment. That trend, and we've also seen quite a lot of youngsters yeah. buying together yeah. to be able to purchase their first property. So those are all positive things, despite what everyone talks about the economic and climate out there, there's good positive trend and lending is strong. Yes, The banks are aggressive, they want to lend. So I think those are all very good positive trends. So many of the banks have shifted their funding into home loans so that they could do more home loan lending. So we've seen the, not necessarily a relaxation on policy, but definitely a more open door policy. And as a result, a higher conversion. So within Uber, the conversion we're tracking, and when I speak conversion, it's from submission to grant to acceptance, is um, as high as it was pre the National Credit Act yeah. launch. So, so that speaks to the bank's ability and willingness to engage in this market. So as long as there is a bank to give money, we just need a buyer and a seller to meet a mine yeah. and give us an offer. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the competition amongst the, the banks is stronger. And are there more banks involved in, in the home loans market at the moment than there was, say, in 2007 and eight? So there are some new markets. Mm-hmm. New, we don't want to refer to them as um, new market banks necessarily, but you've got your big four. You still have your Investec private bank. We have a new role player, Sentinel Homes, that's come on board. Um, and time will tell what will happen in the recent marriage yeah. of Mercantile and Capitec. So. I suppose the more the merrier. Well, I think what's important is for the consumer. So it's all about rands and cents, right. the consumer and what ultimately they can end up on savings. Yeah. So you actually want the banks to compete and you want them to fight for market share. Mm. And that's exactly what they are doing, yes. which is positive for all of us. For everyone. Yeah. And tell me, Yvonne, I often hear this term pre-qualifying buyers bandied about by mortgage originators. Can you explain to us just a bit further on that? So any consumer before putting, when they make that decision that they would like to purchase a home, whether it be for investments or primary residence, is should engage with a mortgage specialist with a mortgage originator upfront. Sit down and have a conversation in terms of their eligibility. What are they eligible in terms of lending? How much cash have they got in their suitcase to contribute to that purchase? And what would the cost be associated to that purchase? It would be foolish to go and purchase a vehicle if your budget is a Volkswagen Golf and you're looking at Maserati. So you you need to know what you're in for. So pre-qualification is key for all the role players in the industry, for the buyer, for the seller who's accepting that person into his home to view, for the real estate agent who's putting him in his vehicle and incurring a cost to show him property, I think it's the basis and the foundation for if your mind is made up in the morning, you're going to buy a home, your very next call should be the mortgage originator as to what can I buy for. Good, thanks. Um, and please, Jenny, tell us what, what can consumers do to ensure that they are credit ready? Because mm-hmm. I suppose at the end of the day, the bank needs to make a decision on that specific consumer to see whether they want to give them a loan and whether it's, it's a viable option or not. 100%. So maybe following on from what Yvonne was saying, So I would recommend to anyone, get yourself pre-qualified. And part of that is your credit worthiness and what that actually looks like. And I think there's a few factors that play into that. So the bank scoring mechanism work, I always explain like this, like your past behavior will represent your future behavior for the bank. 
So things like if you have not maintained your current your accounts, you haven't paid them timeliessly, that all plays into your payment profile, which if that payment profile is unfortunately negative, the bank will have more risk in lending your mortgage loan to you. I don't think all debt is bad. I think there's some good debt out there. And I think it is maybe quite important for consumers to have some form of good debt. So it also shows a pattern of how they actually manage their credit worthiness. And then I know in our world of Better Bond, we also have partners. If your customer's not quite credit worthy yet, we also have partners that work with that client until they get them to the point that that score is actually correct for them now to engage in potentially buying a property. So it, it sounds to me like there's a very real benefit to in, in, in getting the services of, of a, a mortgage originator. But tell me, what are, what are the costs involved, Jenny, in terms we of... We certainly hope there's a benefit. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing but benefits. There's, there's, there's a definite benefit, but everything comes at a price, as they say. Please, can you... Not origination. Not origination. <laughs> free mahala. Free and free mahala. Okay, so there's no cost involved. To the actual to the consumer. consumer, there's absolutely no cost involved. I mean, I think it is knowledge that the mortgage originator earned their fee from the banks with each mortgage that they place with that specific, which is declared also to each consumer. There's no physical cost whatsoever to the physical consumer to use our services. And that's why it's a no-brainer, why you wouldn't actually use absolutely. an expert service to actually get that right deal. And no yeah. obligation. Absolutely. So it's a win-win. Yeah. And Anastasia, from, from a legal perspective for the consumer, is there a cost involved from, in obtaining a bond from the bank? Absolutely there is. And I think it's very important for consumers to understand this because in most inst instances that bond is linked to the purchase of a home. Um, and they've taken that into account, the costs in acquiring that home. They don't always think of the costs in, in registering that bond. And there is a fee payable. The Legal Practice Council has a guideline, it recommends a tariff, and all commences in South Africa um, look to that tariff and charge as per that tariff, and it's on a sliding scale, depending on what the loan amount is, um, the, the bond registration fee will increase or decrease, um, um, as I said, depending on that loan amount. And there's another thing that they also need to take into account. Our statement of account will have a fee which is not payable to the conveyancer. It's called the initiation fee. Mm. It's a fee payable to the bank. It's, it's the fee that the bank charges for initiating that bond, mm. for drafting the bond documents, instructing an attorney to act on the bank's uh, instruction, for issuing that quotation and that bond grant. It is a fee that can be payable upfront. We charge it in our accounts. We collect that amount on behalf of the bank and pay it over to the bank. The client does have the right to negotiate with a bank um, if they don't have that payment upfront to add it to their loan amount. But what they do, they need to understand that they're going to pay interest on that amount yeah, because it becomes years, part of the loan amount. Yes. So it's probably not in their best interest to include it into the loan amount if they can afford it upfront. Absolutely, but they do have the right if it suits them. Okay. Anastasia, um, we obviously, being in the Western Cape currently, there, there's a lot of. Um, non-residents and, and foreigners that have looked to invest in South Africa over the last few years. Can a non-resident obtain a bond in South Africa? Absolutely. But um, you need to look at different situations. First of all, you don't have to be in South Africa. You never have to come to South Africa to purchase a property in South Africa and to qualify for a bond. If you are in South Africa, though, you need to be in South Africa legally. And there are three different scenarios which determine what percentage bond 
you can qualify for as a non-resident. So the first scenario is if you are not in South Africa or you've come to South Africa on holiday, then you can purchase a property in South Africa and you will qualify for a 50% bond. What's very important is how you finance the balance, the other 50% of the purchase price. You would have to open a non-resident account in South Africa. You don't have to be in South Africa. Those requirements have now changed. You don't have to be in South Africa to open that non-resident bank account. But you would bring the money in from overseas and you would service that bond through that non-resident account. The second scenario is if you are in South Africa temporarily. So you're on a work permit or a spousal visa or you're retired and it's a temporary visa, then you can qualify up to a 75% bond. And the third scenario is where you are in South Africa permanently, but you haven't naturalized. Then you could qualify for an up to a 100% bond. Okay. And, and tell me, ladies, I mean, what percentage of, of your businesses or, or your, your consumers or clients would be non-residents? I, I suppose it's area dependent. It's area dependent. Yeah. So the Western Cape will definitely see a lot more non-resident buyers yeah. and a lot more South African citizens living and working abroad Absolutely. that would buy here. Um, obviously, Atlantic Seaboard is an alluring area for them to purchase. Just to touch on what Anastasia said in regard to the loan-to-value percentages for customers, is the the 50% for the non-resident very important that he's bringing that balance of the purchase price in from abroad and that he is going to have to tick all the necessary boxes in terms of the bank's policy. So just because it is a low loan-to-value home loan doesn't exclude him from having to necessarily have to qualify for that Absolutely. home loan. So he would still have to tick all the documentation requirements and the policies yeah of the bank in order to be eligible for that 50%. Similarly for our, what we refer to as foreign national, the gentlemen and ladies who are here on work permits, um, they would have to also fulfill that. And the permanent residency statement, there is now a, a difference between having your permanent residency and having a green ID book. There is a massive drive on government to push the people with permanent residency to convert that to an ID card. And what the banks are doing is if you come and you just have your permanent residency and you haven't gone to the second queue at home affairs for your ID card, is they may very well limit your lending in comparison to someone who has an ID card. So it's a methodology it's methodology from the bank. So if five years ago you had your A4 permanent residency, you were treated equally. Yes. Now you arrive with your A4 permanent residency, but you don't have the ID card. Some of the banks are saying... You need to have converted yeah. that. Yeah. Why? And I go back to when Jenny chatted earlier in regard to credit worthiness. How do we track credit worthiness? We track it with an ID number. Mm. So all your debts is linked to your identity number and we can then track how you behave. When you have permanent residency but not an ID card, you do not have an ID number. Therefore, all the debts you incur, your vehicle, your credit card is not linked to an ID number. So effectively, the, the bank cannot track your behavior. Mm -hmm. So you're automatically deemed higher risk. Yeah. So, um, and that unfortunately would be with a non-resident, they don't have an ID number. So the documentation requirement remains the same. The policy is the same for them as a normal South African, but they are certainly entitled to 50% local lending service in RANDs in our country. Yeah. Well, if, if I may, Richard, sorry, I just want to add to something that you said, um, Yvonne, is that I think it's also very important for that non-resident. Let's say it's the non-resident who qualified for the 50% bond and who's bringing in the other 50% from an overseas source to realize that whoever's name is on that bond, it's that person who must bring in the money from overseas. Yeah, not somebody else. It's yeah. not the father who's loaning yeah. the money. 
because what's very important to those non-residents and one of the reasons why it is so great to invest for a foreigner to invest in South Africa is that it's easy for them to repatriate the funds when they sell one day absolutely but there are rules yeah that apply and if you can't tick all of those boxes your money is stuck in South Africa and one of those boxes is how it comes in who brings it in and it has to be that person whose name is on the bond. Yeah. Just following up that, something that I've just thought of now is, is there any limit in terms of how many bondholders you can have in, on, on one specific property? I.e., can is it, a, is it limited to three people can jointly own a home and, and get bonds, apply for a bond together? Or is there any, term of, any type of limitation legally and from the bank side? So there's no consortiums who have six, seven, eight... Yeah purchases on a deed of sale where you would find the limitation is within the bank's policy is some of them once you reach by a three or by a four starts hesitant to do 100 percent lending because yeah, okay. uh, then they can see that this is uh, maybe a property investment consortium but there is no limitation you can have um, 12 if you want to yeah. but all 12 have to partake in the home loan application all 12 are jointly and severally liable for the home loan and all 12 have to supply their documentation correct okay. Right. And, and lastly, tell me, ladies, how do you see the interest rates going uh, for the remainder of 2020? As I said, it seems to be quite volatile at the moment, but a few of the key factors are, are pretty good. Inflation is pretty low at the moment. Um, how, how would that impact us and, and our outlook for interest rates for the rest of this year? They've got to go down. Yeah. <laughs> That's not an option. <laughs> I'm optimistic. Yeah. I think we all have that feeling yes. Yes. that it's going to happen. I think all indicators from anyone you're speaking to, from your economists to everyone in our industry, generally there's big optimism that this interest rate will go down. I think we're all hoping for a 1% cut yes. would be the ideal price. Whether it does go down a 1%, I suppose we've got no guarantees. But we need to get it down because we need the sentiment to yes. improve. Because yeah. I think it will be positive, and I think it's right time. And they can reduce the interest yes. rate. That's globally. my opinion. Globally, globally, I think if we look yeah. at the the negative economies that are um, what's happening in, in Italy in regard to their home loan holidays, I think that is going to have a very positive yeah. effect on South Africa. And my, I don't have a crystal ball, but I definitely think that we will see by the first quarter of 2021 uh, that we would maybe at nine or below. Um, Anastasia, one last question. How, how important is the relationship between the mortgage originator and the bank's panel of attorneys? I think Yvonne and Jenny will agree with me that it is very, very important. Mm. And what we would like the consumers out there to know is that we are each other's business partners. Mm. We understand each other's businesses. Um, we work very closely together in the best interest of that client. And Yvonne, you mentioned that you're a specialist. Yes. And, and I think the consumers need to realize that we are the experts in our trade. And it is, it is stressful and it is emotional to purchase a property and, and to bond a property. It's, for many people, the biggest um, transaction that they will participate in so it is stressful for them it's emotional for them and they need somebody to hold their hand and they want an expert to hold their hand they don't always understand who the expert is but together we are the experts working in their best interests to hold their hand through that process guide them through the process and we may not necessarily work together during the whole transaction but we each have our role to play. We take over from each other 
um, and we communicate with each other yes. all the time. So. You know, um, the bond originators who would obtain that bond and liaise with the bank initially, and, and, and then the bond gets granted and it goes to the attorney. But that attorney and bond originator speak to each other on a weekly basis through that whole process until the matter is registered. And one of the reasons why we do is because it's so important for us to get to know that client. And you know the client differently yes. at different stages of the transaction. So together we communicate with each other to just maintain that initial reaction and take, um, relationship and take it right through to the end. And yeah. any pitfalls. Absolutely. So you may be getting terms and conditions in an offer or there may be pitfalls that happen and you need to go back to the mortgage originator and say, you need to go back to the bank and try to get this condition changed or this condition removed. So it's vitally important for us to stay in constant contact from bond approval right up to transfer. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, for me, I always sum it up and say, we are the professional value chain for that client, mm -hmm. with always that client interest best at heart for mm -hmm. us to make sure that that transaction goes through smoothly from purchase all the way through to transfer and registration. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's very much a team effort. I think, Absolutely. you know, you've got your, your mortgage originator, you've got the bank who's giving the home loan, and of course, the, the conveyancing attorney who's, who's registering the bond. And I think yes. the, the common thread there is that we all look after the consumer's best interests. Absolutely. We're trying to make the process as easy and as understandable as possible, as transparent as possible. Mm. Um, and that's why I think it's definitely in, in their best interest to to get a team for the consumer, Absolutely. to get a team behind them that's, that's going to back them and, and are, and as you ladies, the right team, yes. yeah, yeah. that are experts in their field. Yeah. I think uh, that's the end of it for this morning. Anastasia, thank you for joining us all the way from Joburg. Yvonne, thank you very much for your insights. Jenny, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank um, you. If you would like any other f further information, please go to www.stbb.co.za.